what does it do when you take a bite of a Klondike bar? It's the Detroiter. We're back covering spars in the Motor City and the Mitten State. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. How's everybody doing today? Got the shirt on. Motown, baby. Red Wing season's over. I think they lost. Or the season's almost over. They lost 4-1. The home season's over. Lost by to Carolina 4-1 tonight. Make a run at Bedard. I'm happy. I'm cool with losing these games. Edvinson's done. He played the home opener or home end finisher, which they lost 6-1, I believe, um, to the Dallas Stars. He's done. Casper's knee is in 12 pieces. He's also done. Um, let's just get this thing over with. Let's get some draft picks, and let's have some fun. But the shirts, geeks. Look at that. Motown, you see the music notes. Um, beautiful design. Shout out to me. Shout out to the second string. Shout out to you if you bought one of these or if you spread the word on them. You are the lifeblood of this country. In other news, Pistons, they do, in fact, finish the season. The fellas got exit interviews. Dwayne Casey, he somehow gets away with promoting himself to a better job. I don't know how that works. The Pistons were so bad every single year he was here that instead of firing him, they said, you know what? How about we pay you the same? You don't have to travel anymore. You don't have to do any of the game planning. You can spend all your time at home here in Detroit with your kids, with your family, and it's all good. How about the front office, Dwayne? How's the front office on? Don't know how Dwayne Casey pulled that. Kudos to him. Um, George Costanza would be proud of that type of work. I guess he'll be in the front office, which means the Detroit Pistons, they need a new head coach. Now, naturally, a couple names, Jerry Stackhouse, uh, Jawan Howard, which I don't know. I mean, that feels a little, I don't know why anybody would do that. And then uh, the big one, Ime Udoka, probably the one that makes the most sense. I would assume it's the one that Troy Weaver has circled five trillion times on his list of names. It's the one that they're willing to pay the most, I'm sure. Like he's, I assume Ime Udoka is the guy. I know we got busted in Boston for banging. Why? Hang on a second. Hang on a second. I know we got busted in Boston for busting. <laughs> but who gives a fuck? Who cares, bro? I don't care where this guy lets his nut fly. I just want to see the Pistons win a couple fucking basketball games. I can't remember who he was hooking up. It was like one of the trainers or maybe the nutritionist. Look. Just don't hire any female nutritionists. Don't I, now that you might have sexism on your hands. If they bang, they bang, dude. As long as it doesn't create a toxic work environment, who cares? Maybe that's what the Pistons need. Maybe we need a little bit of that sexual energy running around there. Maybe we lead, need a little office romance between the head coach and the lead nutritionist to get people going. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. It may not be very professional, but if your head coach and your lead nutritionist are getting it on every morning and every day after practice, I'll tell you who's being the most productive at work. I'll tell you who comes into work 5 a.m. fucking bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and ready to go every single day, even on the weekends. The head coach and the lead nutritionist, there are no bad days at work if they're doing the thing. Yeah, sure. Maybe your father's office company, IBM, wouldn't let it fly. Fair enough, but when you're the Detroit Pistons, guys, we're running out of options here. Um, sure, Ima Hudoka is a little bit of a horny fella, aren't we all? Is that a reason to turn our noses up at potentially the best head coaching candidates on the market in these pivotal years? We've got the young core, or so we believe. Jaden Ivey, Jalen Dern, Kate Cunningham, we're going to get another high pick this year. You need this hire is fucking 
crucial. Somebody who can manage these guys, get them to play well together. Know when somebody maybe needs to be pulled out of a game and disciplined or know when they need to solve it themselves and get a little bit more run. The dude was just coaching Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown. How is that going to – fuck it, dude. Fuck it, man. Sometimes he cheats on his wife. That's not great. That's not great. The guy knows how to coach basketball games. Are the Detroit Pistons – are we in a position to be talking about, oh, well, that's – he can't – he cheated on his wife once, so he should never be able to coach again. Look, Ime Udoka is going to coach. Right, I know people probably out there are like, "Fuck that guy! You should. He did that. You shouldn't do it." Look, dude, we're all horny. We all want to bang. Even women. You can believe that? Even women are horny. They want to bang too. It's just the way it goes. Someone's gonna hire Ime Udoka. It may as well be the Detroit fucking Pistons. And I'll tell you the other thing: whether you're Ime, whether you're the Pistons, if anybody's worried about ooh the PR, ooh the optics, ooh should we be doing that? Oh, is that ethical? Look. He's going to get hired by someone eventually. And it may as well be the team that is the worst team in the league every single year. It may as well be the team nobody dislikes because they kick their fucking ass every time they play them. It may as well be the inoffensive, nonviolent, just kind of bowl of spuds Detroit Pistons, right? If he's going to the, the, the Phoenix Suns, ooh. Phoenix, they can't have him. Let's get mad at that. He goes to the Warriors. Oh, they can't do that. We Let's get mad at him. If he goes to a team that's got some contenders, they got a couple top 10, top 15, top 20 guys in the league, people are going to get angry. People are going to go, that's bullshit that they hired. The inoffensive Pistons, the lowly Pistons that couldn't hurt a grasshopper even if they wanted to, Detroit Pistons, who's going to get mad at them? All right. You know, it's like the A.J. Hinge thing, dude. Banish that fucker to a place he's never going to win anyways. And if you're the Pistons, you can't be worried about optics. You're not allowed to be worried about optics if you can't win 20 ball games a year. That's a rule. In my eyes, that's a rule. If you can't win 20 games a year, you shouldn't give a fuck what anybody's got to say about you, whether it's basketball, whether it's the people you hire, whether it's the fucking colors in your logo and on your jersey. You shouldn't give a fuck, dude. Every single thought, every single action that you take in your day-to-day life whether you're reaching for a protein bar or whether you're reaching for a banana, even your choices at breakfast, every single thing you do should be geared towards winning more basketball games. Once you hit the 20 game mark, okay, then we can start to worry about what reflects well on you. What looks good for the brand? How does the organization look in the public eye when we do this? Fine. But when you're winning 17, that shit doesn't exist. You know what exists is getting better because it's a fucking joke. How bad you are. And Ima Udoka, I'm not an NBA guy, but for everything I've kn- I know and for everything I've read, he seems like the best option for all these guys. Not just like, hey, if you, you should just always hire the best person at whichever job. Yes, it seems as though he's the best coach out there, but it's the best situation. Cade Cunningham, we need Cade to have a head coach who he gets along with. We need Cade to have a head coach who knows what he's doing. We need Cade to have a guy, a mentor, someone to look to who can usher Cade Cunningham, the guy we're all fucking counting on to win those 20 basketball games. We need someone who knows what he's doing, someone who knows how to usher him in, someone who knows you know, how he taught Jason Tatum or how he treated, how he coached, how he managed Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, a couple guys like that. Could be similar to Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham. We need somebody who's not going to fuck it up. And maybe Juwan is the best candidate. Maybe Jerry Stackhouse would be the best. I don't know. 
okay, Juwan, I, after Michigan this year, I'm a little hesitant. Jerry Stackhouse, I don't really know anything about. I'm sure there's other candidates that I just am not plugged in of, enough to know about. But I do know Ime Udoka. I do know he was the last coach of the Boston Celtics. I do know he's been around star power before. I do know that he's probably hungry at another chance. He's probably sitting there going, that's so fucking bullshit that I lost my job because of that. I'm sure he's probably hungry to get back at the Boston Celtics and the rest of the NBA. I'm sure he doesn't hate the idea of all that cap space the Detroit Pistons have, of a couple of these young guys we have, of this first hopefully overall pick we're about to have this summer. I'm sure there's some shit Ime Udoka looks at and goes, all right, it's a basketball city. We got playing games on tonight. The arena's half empty. That shit ain't happening in Detroit. Ime knows that. There's people in his ear that'll tell him that. Just go get them, Pistons. It makes sense. Give a, I don't know. I hate to be like, give us something, like give us something to root for because I'm not going to throw a fucking parade if they do get Ime Odoka, but it will feel like a step in the right direction. That would feel like something where, okay, some, okay, there's a, there's a few things in the building that seem to be going right. Or at least that decision, it's like taking Zion Williamson with the first pick, right? Like maybe Zion fucks up his knee. Maybe Zion is too heavy and it doesn't work out. And he sits on the bench the entire season, like he is right now for the Pelicans. But everybody in the NBA, everybody who's ever been affiliated with basketball, no matter what they may have said in hindsight, everybody in that draft with that pick, everybody takes Zion Williamson, at least make that decision. Anybody behind closed doors. If they, if Ime Udoka, that never happened. Ime Udoka kept it in his pants. Every single GM, every single front office member of every team in the NBA, right now looking at the Pistons situation, they'd say, I'd get Ima Odoka. I would do everything I could to go get him. And right, honestly, behind closed doors, they'd probably say, I don't give a fuck what he did. Yeah, Boston had to get rid of him. Yeah, I don't know if there were other strings attached, like the woman he was hooking up with was married to someone else. I don't know all the details. Um, again, I get, I guess, why Boston fired him. Shit happens. That's part of I don't, just life, I suppose. Like it's not like NBA organizations is the only time shit like that happens. But it's about winning. Everybody's gonna forget about Ime Udoka and why he got fired from Boston a year from now. Like, yeah, people will still say it, bro. There's a lot worse people who have done a lot worse things playing sports, coaching sports, involved in sports. There's a lot worse shit going on than Ime Udoka accidentally tripping and falling and banging one of the nutritionists there are worse things that have happened and again when it's the pistons people are going to care a little bit less and then you couple that with Cade cunningham the exit interviews given a quote he goes next year is the year for us next year is the year where we want to take a leap next year is the year where we're about to get some more help some high level help it seems we got a little cap space next year is the year where we want to see like what we got here Cade cunningham Given that quote, next year is the year. Now, he's not saying next year is the year. We're, we're making a we're making a run at the title. Next year is the year we're going to do this or that. But he's next year is the year we're taking a leap, playing game, at least better. I mean, seventeen fucking wins. What does that mean? What does next year is the leap mean? Twenty five wins, like thirty wins. I don't. What does next year is the year we take a leap even mean? One, but two. I appreciate the sentiment. I do, bro. I, I like Cade. I really do. I don't know how anybody couldn't like Cade. Like, even if you somehow dislike his game, which even still, I don't know who, who disliked Cade Cunningham's game. 
He's a playmaker. He can shoot it. He can handle it. He can play defense. He's long. He's not the craziest athlete, but like he's kind of smart with his body. You know, he does like the Luca thing where he just somehow gets the spots. Yeah, the injury sucked. Yeah, it stinks. His sophomore year, he missed pretty much the entire thing. Yes, if that keeps happening, we're going to have some issues, no doubt. But everything about when he is playing, how do you not like Cade's game? And then off the floor, you have to love everything about him. Even if you hate his game, you have to love everything Cade says, the way he carries himself, um, like dude, the way he talks about Detroit, the way he talks about the Pistons. Like He feels like a guy that I want to build my franchise around you. We just talked about another. Zion in New Orleans. He's given quotes about like, I feel good, but I don't feel like Zion. So when I feel like Zion, I'll play. Okay. Um, all right. So are you, you feel good? So are you hurt or what's going on? I don't understand. Are you hurt or do you feel good? But you don't feel like Zion. <laughs> where, when, where does that all intertwine? It's like a Venn diagram of reasons why he can't play. Cade Cunningham, he doesn't do that shit. Cade Cunningham reps Detroit. Cade Cunningham talks about how much he loves being here. He gave a quote. I just mentioned it with the playing games tonight. Cade Cunningham's talking about, we go to half the arenas in this league. We hit the road, and it's fucking dead in there. We come back home to LCA. Meanwhile, Cade's on the bench. The best player, the number one pick, the face of the franchise is on the bench. We come back to LCA. We're the worst team in the fucking league, and the place is alive. The place is rocking. Like Cade Cunningham is talking about the fan base like that. Cade Cunningham is talking about playing his basketball in Detroit like that. He's talking about how he's lucky, how he's so grateful that he got taken by Detroit and he gets to play here. He like, He's talking about how he likes what he sees with Jaden Ivey, what he likes with Jalen Duran. Obviously, Beef Stew. Killian, huh? Well, you know. But Cade is, Cade is a guy I can get behind. And I want to rally with him. Like when he says next year's the year, let's take a leap. I want to be fucking yeah, Cade. Like I want to go, I want to storm into Cade's bedroom. Bear with me now. Tomorrow morning at when his alarm goes off 6 a.m. and be like, yeah, buddy, this is our year. And just fucking high five. I made you pancakes, by the way. I hope you like blueberries. They're going to be great. Trust me. I buttered both sides. We got a little maple syrup. We got the peanut butter here if you want it. That's what I want to do. I want to get behind Cade. Like, I want to fucking read next year's our year and go, yeah, next year, yes. All right, next year will be the year. Next year, the Pistons are going to do something. Like, next year, I will watch a game after Christmas. Next year, I will be at least following the standings a little bit. Next year, I will hold out hopes that this week I'm going to turn on a play-in game and LCA is going to be rocking. And they're going to do that thing where they come in from commercial and they go, beautiful night here as spring has sprung in beautiful Detroit, Michigan. And there's people out and about the sun setting. Like, I, it's the Detroit skyline. I want that. And I cut into LCA. Let's go Pistons. Detroit. Ba I fucking want that, bro. I want that. And it's Cade, Jaden. Durin, Wemby, and and I don't know, whoever you want is the fifth. And it's us against whoever. I don't give a fuck. But it's a playoff game, damn near play-in, same shit, at LCA, and the crowd's behind them, and we can taste glory, even if it is just a hint. And everybody there wants it, and we've been waiting, and we're behind them. I want next year to be that year. And I want to believe Kate. And he's a guy, he's a guy I feel like I can believe. He's a guy that I I want to trust. And if Cade says it's going to happen, like if Cade says next year is the year they take a leap, 
I want to trust Cade and I want to believe that Cade even, maybe not totally alone, but to some level, Cade's got a level of star power in himself where like he can elevate the guys around him. Oh, but then I it's but then it's the Pistons. You know what I mean? But then it's the fucking Pistons. But then it's like this year was supposed to be pretty fun. Last year was supposed to be pretty fun. The year before, this Killian Hayes was supposed to be kind of interesting. Ugh. And all the years before that, I want to believe that Kate and Ivy and we got these guys. And don't look, if we get Wemby, pray for the league. I want to believe it. And we got the cap space. Why not go get a couple big free agents? I want to believe Ime Udoka. But then it's like, it's the fucking Pistons, bro. It's the fucking Pistons. But then I think about the game that I went to over Christmas break. But then I think about reading all the different faces of Pistons Twitter. But then I think about that KCP highlight throwing down in game three against the Caps. And I think about how rowdy those crowds are and how bad people want to win her and how fucking down we are to support these guys. Even if it is the plan, we'll ride with you like you're 82-0 and and we're going to the finals. And I want to believe that that's there. I want to believe that these people, these fans, I'm not a diehard Pistons fan. I'm not going to lie to you, but I want to believe that it's coming. And even people like me are going to get fired up to tune into a playoff play-in game. I want to believe that shit. But God damn, bro. But God damn it, man. I always fucking remember it's the Pistons. God damn it. All right. Quick break. Michigan State basketball. We've got a we've got a better we've got a better tone for that segment. Tyson Walker is gonna be back. Malik Hall is gonna be fucking back. The Detroit Lions, Jeff Okuda, Free Hefe, he's gone. The Tigers stink. I don't know if I can even talk about the Tigers, to be honest, because you know what it's gonna be. It's not gonna be fun. It's not gonna be happy. I do want to talk about MSU basketball, though. I do. I do want to mention the Detroit Lions. I do. Free Hefe for a fifth. I don't hate it. Quick break. Yeah, man. Tigers stink. They're really bad. They're two and seven. They don't score runs. I don't think they pitch very well. Defense is fine. But they stink. They're bad. Um, they're they're not a good baseball team. It's going to be the same. Last week I was on the same podcast. Last week, same day. It is I'm, between you and me. I'm recording on a Tuesday. I sat here after we had just taken a series from the Houston Astros, and I talked, or I think we had just taken Game Two, so we were two and zero against the Astros, potential to sweep. And I had talked about this. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. How about that for the Detroit Tigers? Now, I'm not saying I was sitting here going, we're going to win the playoffs. We're going to be so good. This team won't stink. No, um, but it was interesting. You beat the defending World Series champs. The Houston Astros, a team who, like, everybody struggles against, and the lowly Detroit Tigers come in to Tropicana and smoke them for two out of three. That's pretty good. Scoring runs. Riley Green's hitting the ball. Torkelson's going, yeah, boo. The pitching's all right. Yeah, that's that's something. We're going back home to Detroit for opening day after that series ends, too, against the Boston Red Sox, who, you know, they're not so far, at least they're not terrible. I don't think they're projected to be very good. 
but they're still the Red Sox. They still got a decent payroll. They still got a decent club. And we just get clap, 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 every boom. See ya. Done. Swept. Clap, 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 clap. Murked. Murked. Four times by the Boston Red Sox. No, no, no. Three times. Murked. Three times over the course of the weekend. Hey, Detroit baseball's back. Your Tigers. Yep. Just how you remember them. Shit don't change. I don't know, dude. I mean, I've said it a million times. I guess I'll say it once more, but I really do need to stop. Like, I I would like to talk about the Tigers. Like, it'd be cool if there was shit to say. What is it? They don't do anything. They don't fucking do anything. Nobody hits. Javi Baez swings at everything. Nobody pitches. Um, There's not, like, even one guy on the team that's really worth watching. I guess Riley Green, I don't know what his stats are to start the season. But there's really – there's not a single redeeming quality to the Detroit Tigers. Like, there isn't. What is it? We have cool jerseys. That's the redeeming quality. I love how our hats look. I have a Tigers hat. I have a home field ball cap, and I absolutely love wearing it around. That's the redeeming quality of the Detroit Tigers. Hey, they moved in the fences at Comerica a little bit, and they got that cool Ferris wheel. Those are the redeeming qualities of the Detroit Tigers. Hey, I, those up on the scoreboard, those Tigers and the statues out front, those things are pretty cool. That's it. That's why you should come see a ball game in Detroit. <laughs> we got nothing. Yeah, Riley Green's the one guy. I mean, of course, he's the only guy. Um, hitting 286 to start the season, OPS almost 800. We'll take that. 286, I'll take that all day. And then that's it. Riley Green's good. And then, and then, and then that's it. And then that's everything else on the team. Everything we've invested in, everything we've talked about. Wait till this comes along. Wait till that comes along. And I again, it's the same shit I said the other day. Let's not do hasty. Baseball's a long game. Mike Trout was in the minors for however many years. I understand we're not in a position to be casting away any of these young guys, whether they're on the pitching staff or whether they're bats. Spencer Torkelson, he's only hitting 235. That's bad. Um, we're not in a position to be casting Spencer Torkelson aside. None of these guys, Kreidler, Maton, doesn't matter. I understand it. Um, but, you know, that being the case, what is there to say? Because I'm not going to come on here and talk about how oh, Sandra Torkelson's the worst. We got to get rid of him. I'm not going to come on here and talk about how oh, Scooble's no good. Or I'm not going to come and, and shit on the 22, 23, 24-year-olds. The only fucking guys, the only facets of this godforsaken organization that are even remotely worth having a little bit of faith in. I'm not interested in coming in and doing that. Like, I'm not interested in talking about the Detroit Tigers if all we're going to talk about is how bad they are and how much of a failure this rebuild has been. And some of these guys that we thought and we were told would be great aren't even fucking close. I don't want to do that. There is no fun in that. There is no, there's no part of that that makes me excited to do the podcast. And the entire reason I started doing this podcast is because I wanted something to be fired up about. When the Lions are doing stuff, I want to come in and talk about the Detroit Lions. And I understand there's going to be happy days there's going to be dark days for all these franchises, for all these teams I root for. Fortunately, we've got a couple MSU basketball where the darkest of days are never really that dark. 
The Red Wings, up until the last seven years, same deal. Hopefully they can get back to that level. Like, I understand that everybody's kind of in the darkness, but it feels the Lions, all right, we'll see what happens this year. Michigan's obviously good, even though I don't like them. MSU football should be better. MSU basketball, we're talking about a natty, or we will be talking about a natty in the next segment. The Pistons, we'll see. You know, we just talked about them, but there's a couple parts. I don't want to come on and be negative. Long story short. But at the same time, I feel like I should at least touch on the Detroit Tigers. Um, I feel like we should at least mention them. They do exist. They do, you know, hold, I don't know if an importance the right word, but somewhat of like a notorious spot in baseball lore. But what is there to talk about? They're going to lose 90 games again. They're going to be one of the worst teams in baseball again. We're going to be invested in another 17-year-old. We're going to be talking about, do you take a picture, pitcher or do you take a bat again? We're going to have the same conversation in the same spot about the same people. Even if it is Scott Harris's first year, even if A.J. Hinge can only do so much, we're going to have the same conversation about the same people, about the same players, about the same problems that we've had since I graduated high school. Since I graduated high school, I'm 25. Since I graduated high school, the same fucking shit when it comes to the Tigers. Nothing about that is fun. So you know what? Let's talk about the Detroit Lions real quick. Free Hefe. Jeff Okuda, he's gone. Um, fifth round pick in return. He's going to go to Atlanta. I don't know, dude. A lot of people celebrating Okuda gone. I wanted Jeff to work out. I know, you know, there was all the back and forth when they took him third overall. I know it was those fucking morons, Patricia and um, what was the other guy's name? What's the G? What was the GM's name, guys? Help me out. Patricia and uh, what the fuck was that guy's name, dude? How can I not remember it? Bob Quinn. That was his name. Bob Quinn. Thank you. You know why I got that answer? Because I could hear it. You yelled it in your car and I could hear it all the way over here. Bob Quinn, I know it was a Bob Quinn product, but I wanted Okuda to work out. I liked him. Uh, yeah, I thought he kind of got unlucky, like a couple shitty injuries. People were on his case so fucking fast, and the team was so bad when he first got here. Jeff Okuda could have been Deion Sanders, and we still would have given up points. We still would have lost football games. It still would have been a fucking dumpster fire. I don't know, dude. I, I like before Brad or uh, Brad Holmes, Brad Campbell. That's that's the couple name before the Holmes Campbell era. Jeff Okuda kind of fell into the curse that many other Lions draft picks have fallen into, which is you got drafted by the Detroit Lions. Like it almost feels a little bit like that happened to him. I know we wanted a resurgence this year. I know people were hoping for it. People were looking for it. And I know he wasn't great. And I know by the end of the season he was getting benched. And we had all kind of given up the dream that, hey, this guy would actually become the third overall pick or something close to it. Kind of a bummer that I don't know. I don't know if it's a bummer. I'm not like losing sleep over Jeff Okuda, but he's a guy I just wanted to work out. That's all. I thought the free Hefe nickname was fucking sweet. I thought he looked great in the number one jersey. I love writing free Hefe with the uh, pepper emoji on Twitter. I absolutely love doing that. Um, he was nasty as a Buckeye. I wanted Jeff, and I wanted a young guy that we have at a crucial position. I wanted him to pan out. So I was pulling for Jeff Okuda. And it didn't work out. Um, a fifth-round pick seems all right. I know a lot of people were like, damn, he's so dog water. He only got a fifth. Jalen Ramsey just got a third. 
Jalen Ramsey isn't a bum. Jalen Ramsey is Jalen Ramsey is nowhere near what Jeff Okuda has been as a Detroit Lion. He got a third. That's not we're not like worlds apart here. We're not talking like first and a fifth. Jalen Ramsey only fetched a third. I don't know if Jeff Okuda like a fifth to me. Jalen Ramsey got a third. We're getting a fifth for Okuda. Like getting anything for Okuda. I'm kind of like real. Wow. All right. Like I'm surprised we didn't have to give back like a seventh or even some sort of sweetener. So I'll take it. I'm glad we got those other guys. The writing may have been on the wall too. When you get Sutton, uh, Mosley, CJ Gardner, Johnson, it starts to be a crowded room. We got guys coming back. Jerry Jakes out, Jerry Jacobs. If he, I believe AO, I think he's coming back too. Like, Starts to become a crowded room. Who's going to play? Guys, contract is up. When you get something while you can get them, smoke them while you got them. One of those type deals when it comes to Okuda is what it is. Don't mind it. Don't mind it. I think, you know, fifth, take what you can get for a guy like that. Can't complain. I appreciate Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell doing something too. Instead of just sitting on him and letting him become a free agent that walks for nothing, I can appreciate. And it's good to see that these guys are kind of on the ball enough, even though it is their fucking job, where it's the Lions we're talking about. It's good to see these guys are on the ball enough to go make some shit happen. They knew they weren't going to resign him. <clears throat> they probably knew he wasn't going to do a whole lot for the team this year anyway, right? You get a free fifth-round pick, go get that free fifth-round pick. So it'll work. We got the draft coming up pretty soon here for the Cats. We're going to have to do um, maybe a, just a whole fucking draft episode. That seems appropriate. Just draft. Just cover the draft preview. We might have to do an entire one. I wouldn't hate that. That'd be kind of fun. It's a couple different ways the Lions, you know, it looks like they might go. A couple different ways the rumors are saying they might go. Um, I want a defensive player. When I go to sleep at night, I think about Will Anderson and I think about the number six. I think about Will Anderson and then I think about the number six and that Will Anderson and here comes the number six. That's what I think about when I go to sleep. I want a defensive player, namely Will Anderson. If he doesn't work out fine, we'll go get somebody else who plays in the front seven. But I want a front seven defensive player. Don't want a quarterback. I know Anthony Richardson can throw the football over the moon. I get it. So could Uncle Rico, bro. Guy was fucking dagwater, even if they would have won states if coach had put him in. Don't want a quarterback. Don't want a running back. Don't want a wide receiver. An offensive lineman I'll never complain about, but don't really want one. I want a defensive piece. I want a guy at sixth overall that will come in and change games for the Detroit Lions. I want a guy who is going to come in and be another person on defense. The opposing team has to game plan around. That makes Aiden Hutchinson's job easier. That makes James Houston's jobs easier. That makes the entire secondary's job easier. That makes Ali McNeil. I want a guy who makes every single other player on the defense's jobs easier because that offense better be shitting bricks about this dude. That's how much of a killer he is. That's what I want. Even if, I mean, no, if Anthony Richardson turns out to be like a multi-MVP winner, then yeah, I hope we take the guy who's going to win multiple MVPs. I don't think that's going to be the case. And even if Anthony Richardson pans out to be all right, give me Will Anderson. That's the guy we need. We're talking about competing this year, the competing move, the move to win as many possible games as you can in the year 2023 is to take a high-end defensive player with the sixth overall pick. That's how I feel. And there's a bunch of other scenarios. There's other QBs, there's other players, there's other maybe trade up, this, that, the other. So we'll do a whole episode on the Cats, but I like where the Cats were at, dude. I think we had a great free agency. 
Um, I think the vibes around the team are outstanding. I think the team itself is pretty fucking good. Like we, I think we got better. I think we got clearly better and we're about to add two more first round picks, five top 65 picks. We're about to bolster the fuck out of that team we saw at the end of last year. I'm excited and it scares me to death, much like this other team, much like it does with MSU. Um, it's, it's, it's natty or bust and it better not be bust, bro. And it better not be fucking bust. Otherwise I'm going to be hanging from the bedroom. You understand Tyson Walker announced he's coming back. He's going to play basketball in East Lansing for another year. I don't know how they convinced him. I don't know who did. I don't know what they said. He's going to be in MSU. He's going to be playing basketball. He's going to be running the show. He's going to be gunning for Big Ten Player of the Year. He's going to be gunning for all Big Ten first team. He's going to be gunning for an All-American spot. He's going to be gunning to make a Final Four. He's going to be gunning to win the Big Ten. He's going to be gunning to win a national fucking championship for Tom Izzo and Michigan State. Massive. Massive. Don't care who you are. Don't care who you root for. Massive. Biggest Michigan fan you know. The biggest Tom Izzo Michigan State hater on the fucking planet. They saw Tyson Walker today. They saw him announce that he's going to come back, and they had tears go down their eyes, at least internally. They can fire off whatever the fuck they want, dude. Caleb Love's better than him. Whatever. He doesn't. He's not even that good. Whatever. Aikens is going to transfer. Whatever. They can say whatever they want, bro. Tyson Walker coming back to Michigan State is a massive win for Michigan State. Malik Hall, as if that wasn't enough. Malik Hall, the senior forward, he's going to come back to Michigan State. Two huge additions to this roster, or returns, whatever you want to call it. Malik Hall coming back, huge. If he can spend an offseason and just get healthy, dude. His foot was fucked up all year. He wasn't right. The end of the season, it was more than evident. If he can get healthy and get back to what he does, dude, banging bodies down low, being aggressive off the dribble, working in the low post, figure out that jump shot a little bit more. If he can get healthy and just get back and be a leader and be like a like if Malik Hall can be a quintessential Tom Izzo guy this next year where he's busting ass, dude, getting fucking rebounds, playing defense in your face. He brings heat. He brings energy every time he touches the floor. If he can, like, we don't need this dude to score double digits. We don't need Malik Hall to be some unstoppable force on the low block. We don't need Malik to do the shit Miles Bridges did. Just like be a Tom Izzo guy. If he can come in and he can do that and he can stay healthy and the rest of the team can stay healthy, this might be Tom Izzo's best chance at number two that he's ever had. At least, at least, I mean, for sure, since 2019, potentially even a better team than that. Potentially even a deeper roster than 2019. Like this is going to be one of the better rosters Tom Izzo's ever assembled this next year. And the expertise comes in the perfect positions. They have a great mixture of young guys who are going to be on the older guys' ass. Young guys who are excited to be there, who want to fucking win, who want to play, who want to challenge. They've got a good mixture of athleticism, guys who know the game, playmakers, scorers, guys who, you know, they are that energy. They are like the three and D guy. They will 
play defense. They will go get you a rebound. They have the mix of the guard play, the forward play. Obviously, a lot of this is contingent on, I don't think fears, we necessarily need Jeremy fears to be great immediately. I think he will be pretty fucking good as a freshman, but like Xavier Booker, if Xavier Booker can come in and be the top three player in the country, if Xavier Booker comes in and is Jaron Jackson without the fouls, we are going to be a fucking problem. If he comes in and he can get rebounds and he blocks shots and he's got an inside-outside game on the other end, we're going to be a fucking problem. Dude, you're looking at Xavier Booker. You're looking at Mati Sissoko, who you're hoping takes another leap, right? Hope he, he's doing tennis ball, wall, tennis ball, wall, ball drills. Just fucking catch, catch, catch. He's having his friend, his roommate, just throw him slippery, buttered-up potatoes every day. Work on those hands. He works on maybe his ball handling. Maybe develops a move, one singular move on the low block. Um, gets better at moving his feet. Gets better at understanding situations and positioning defensively. Jackson Kohler, better shape, better at rebounding. I thought Jackson Kohler towards the end was pretty solid. thought he gave some good minutes. I thought he, for a guy who like wasn't athletic, did a fairly good job on the boards. For a guy who was a freshman and doesn't have the same body as some of the dudes who were defending him, was able to find his spots and make a little bit of stuff happen offensively. A guy who I think will be less afraid to step out and knock down shots. I think Jackson Kohler is a guy who could take a decent step this offseason. Carson Cooper, bro, another guy who kind of came on towards the end. Another guy who give him another year. Give him another year to figure it out. Give him another year to like add a little bit of an offensive game. I thought, dude, there were times. There were times Carson Cooper, whether it was in the pick and roll or defensively, there were games he played where he looked better than Mahdi to me. That's how. That's what I thought, dude. Those early tournament games, I was like, we fucking need Carson Cooper. The end of the Big Ten season, Carson Cooper is one of our most important players. He gave crazy big minutes to MSU. We talked Malik, right? We have the guard play, which that's what we like hedged our bets on. Is that the right fucking phrase? That's what we invested in this year was the guard play. Yeah, dude, we're not the best team in the world. Yeah, bro. We lost some bad fucking games. Yeah, we're not going to be the favorites to make a Final Four appearance. But guess what? We got two guards who have been around the block. A couple juniors back there that have been under pressure. They've faced some adversity. They've been down in games. They've been up in games. They've come back. They've blown leads. We've got a couple guys who have seen some shit at this level. And we've got a couple guys who can go ahead and change a game when they see things are going wrong. Not only that, but like the the versatility, like A.J. Hogarth, kind of a bruising playmaker, like wants to go to the rack wants to draw contact, wants you to get into foul trouble, and he's more than capable of dishing it off, the pick and roll, making plays, finding open shooters, a guy who sees the floor really well and delivers the basketball. And the one knock, you know, like the turnovers and kind of just passiveness at times, which you hope going into a senior year, another year under Izzo, another year in the league, another year more comfortable, and hopefully like more desperate, more urgent. Like hopefully A.J. Hogard, I'm sure, bro, Every time you hear Tom Izzo talk, every time that dude does interviews, you hear him talk about how bad he fucking wants one, like how good he feels coaching. And he fucking, like, you don't think Tom Izzo wakes up every day and goes, fuck me, I want to win another one. Like, this dude fucking wants one. I hope A.J. Hogarth, I'm banking on a guy like A.J. Hogarth mirroring that same energy. Like, bro, 
you're going into your senior year. He's never been to a Final Four. You know what this shit means to Izzo. You're looking around the rest of the locker room. You just played with a couple guys who never saw a Final Four. Joey Hauser never got to see one. Malik Hall, I don't think he has ever seen one. Maybe he was a freshman the catcher's here, actually. I can't remember. Um, was he? I can't remember. Anyways, you're playing with a bunch of guys who haven't seen a Final Four. Tom Izzo hasn't been there in a couple now. Not only Final Four, bro. This guy wants a fucking ring. I'm hoping A.J. Hogard comes a little more aggressive. Tyson Walker, kind of the yin to Hogard yang, a guy who can light it up from the outside, get any shot he wants off the dribble. He can also go to the rim, acrobatic finishes, make plays. Tyson Walker, I would say more like the score first guard, where Hogard's more the playmaker, pass first guard, who can also score. And then you got Jaden Akins, who I think will run the three, athletic freak. Guy can knock down from the outside. Guy can step in and get his own shot. Guy can go to the rim and dunk it over fucking anybody, over a goddamn sequoia tree if he had to. Cohen Carr, high flyer, going to be a freak freshman where you're not going to need him to do too much. It's like, dude, when I think about this team, it feels like a near-perfect combination. Like the only – if Joey Hauser came back, that's the only possible way these guys get any better. Hauser returns is the only way they get better. If Joey Hauser returns, it's it's Tom Izzo's the best roster he's ever assembled. They they have everything. If Joey Hauser returns, they have experienced guard play. They have guards who can score. They have guards who can pass. They have wings who can shoot. They have athletic wings who can go to the rim. They have wings. Jaden Akins. We'll see what Carr's about. Who can make a couple plays? They have big men who can shoot. They have big men who can rebound. They have big men who can protect the paint. They have big men who are lob threats. They have everything. If a guy like Joey Hauser returns, everything, bro. Every Infinity Stone, Snap, Thanos, Marvel Endgame. I don't think Joey will return. And even without Joey, this is a complete fucking roster. It's like the freshmen, they like you don't even need. That's the beauty of it, too. These young guys, these freshmen, like Tom Izzo's not going to need to rely on those guys. There's not going to be a situation, knock on wood, unless there's brutal injuries where it's like, hey, Jeremy Fears, I need you to go win the game. There will come a time for Jeremy Fears at MSU where that does happen, potentially the very next season in 2024. As a sophomore, it might be it's Jeremy Fears, Jaden Akins. Figure it the fuck out, fellas. We got to win this basketball game. That time may come very shortly. It won't be this year, though. There is going to be no, like, Xavier Booker, save the fucking day. Cohen Karn, we need you to do this. Garrick Norman, we need you to play out of your mind tonight. Though He's not going to have to rely on those guys for that which I think probably helps their progression a little bit. And when you look around like teams like Duke, Kentucky, these blue bloods now that it seems like every single year bring in four or five highly highly rated freshmen who it's this these are the guys. They're all going to the NBA. This is the draft lottery. They went to Duke and they went to Kentucky and they can't quite get it done. Those guys, their formula, like they're only relying on those guys. Like that Zion team we beat in the Elite Eight. Their whole team was freshmen. Everybody they count on to score points, to make plays, is a freshman or a sophomore. The guys we are going to be counting on are seniors. Guard play wins in March. We got two of them who are seniors and who are going to be elite. We got another one who's a junior and also will be borderline, if not elite. And we got a fourth. Yeah, he's a sophomore. He's not elite, but he's going to give you quality minutes as he did as a freshman this year in Trey Holloman and a fifth who will come in and learn and maybe give you some minutes. We'll see. Like, I don't even know what Jeremy Fears' role will be next season. If he's a guy where 
he's undeniable. And it's like, like this dude's one of the best players on the team. You have to fucking play him. I do believe he'll, he'll get minutes, but there's not going to be any rush for Jeremy Fears to like run the show. Cassius Winston didn't play a ton as a freshman. He played some, and it was a tum-tum nairn in front of him, and he still didn't play a ton. Those other four guys, fucking, they aren't tum-tum, dude. There's no tum-tum that's keeping Fears out of the starting lineup. There is a couple fucking guys ahead of him. But it's a perfect mix, bro. It's a perfect mix. Like Mahdi with the experience in the front court. Malik, the experience in the front court. Kohler and Cooper, they're only sophomores, but they got a little bit of experience. And then you've just got like the raw freak talent in Xavier Booker, where again, you don't need him to do everything. He doesn't need to be the hero that saves the day. You've got other guys for that shit. You just need him to do his job and be a seven-foot athletic freak so he can do his job better than anybody else can stop him from doing it. The wings. Cohen Carr, Gary Normand. You don't need Cohen Carr to be Miles Bridges. You don't need him to really make shots from the outside. That'd be nice. You need him to go to the rim. You need him to run the floor. You need him to rebound. You need him to play defense. That's all you need from him. Gary Norman, hit a couple threes, play defense. That's all you need. For, you don't need to make plays. You don't need to put it on the floor. You don't need to have a disgusting back-to-the-basket tool bag. Just make a couple threes, play a little defense. Like, it's it's – it's so evenly spread. You're not going to be overextending for any of these freshmen. And you've got the most important thing that matters. Guards, two seniors who are fucking killers, bro. I mean, it's natty or bust, really. At Michigan State, when you get a team like this, it is natty or bust. It's fucking difficult to win a natty, right? Like, it's not going to be, oh, my God, what a failure. We didn't win the natty. What it is. What it actually is, like it's Big Ten or bust this basketball season. Win the Big Ten championship. Win the Big Ten regular season. They should be hanging a banner next winter, next spring. They should be hanging a banner at the Breslin Center. Win the Big Ten. I think that's the expectation, and I think anything short of it, that is a failure of a season. Now, winning the Big Ten tournament, you also probably should win that. You probably will be the favorites, or again, you should be the favorites to win that if you don't win it all right shit happens would it be nice yeah it, it would be nice fucking you're the best team win everything win all of the trophies win all the awards beat michigan beat wisconsin beat indiana whoever else thinks they want to come at the throne win everything and yes it probably is more realistically final four or bust if you lose in the elite eight are people gonna rake you over the coals is this the worst season ever if you win the big 10 and lose in the elite eight no Shit happens. Tournament's crazy. It's why we love it. Are people going to be disappointed? Probably, and and probably fairly. Izzo, like we all know, bro, he's running out of time. He knows it. They know it. We know it. When you get a team like this that I just described, like balanced, you got experience, you got raw athleticism, you've got shooting, you got playmakers, feels like you got everything, you got to cash in, dude. Like you got to find a way to get the absolute maximum out of these guys. You need to find a way for this group to hang banners. Plain and simple. These guys got to hang banners at the Breslin Center. That's all it is. And there's no reason for them not to. There's no reason for them not to. It's one of the best rosters Tom Izzo's ever put together. And for all the fucking people out there saying Aikens, Aikens Domino, he's not going to stick around for that, is he? Why would Aikens stay through that? And right. I like it. People ripping on him. 
relax, guys. Fucking relax. The guy shoots out tweets like everybody else. But Ant talking about Aikens isn't going to stay through that shit, is he? Aikens, look out for Jaden Aikens. Bro, Jaden Aikens isn't going anywhere. He's going to play an insane amount. He's going to probably be the starting three. He's probably going to get a good amount of run being the main guy with a second unit. He's going to play 30-plus minutes a game. And then next year, Tyson's going to be gone. Hogard's going to be on. It's going to be the Jaden Akins, Trey Holloman, Jeremy Fears show. And those three guys are going to be so nice with it and such fucking killers that we're probably going to be sitting right here having the same conversation talking about, why shouldn't we win the Big Ten again? We got those three dudes, whoever else Tom Izzo adds, whether it's the portal or the next freshman class, we're going to be sitting right here having the same conversation talking about how Jaden Akins should be the guy to lead us to hang in some more banners. All right, that's all I got today, folks. I appreciate the support. See you next time.